bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Glad you're here. From dancer to visual artist to singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the multi-platinum rock band, The Bangles, Susanna Hoffs continually immerses herself in the creative process. Right now, we continue our peek into the life of Susanna Hoffs. Originally, you answered an ad by the Peterson sisters. No, it was my ad. Okay. It's a very convoluted story, but I'll tell you it in as quickly as I can. Okay, I, yeah. I came back from college. I wanted to start a band. I started putting flyers out in clubs, and I had one call in all these flyers I laid out at the Whiskey A Go-Go and the record store that was across the street. I got a call from Maria McKee, okay. who went on to do Lone Justice and her solo career, and okay. she was only 16 at the time, and I met with her, and we didn't. it wasn't quite it didn't click. right, not because she's not a mega talent, but just because I was in a slightly different place. She was, she was like a 16-year-old girl living with her mom at home, you know, like right. it was just not... We didn't want gonna, to take that on. Yeah. yeah. But then I started putting ads in uh, what was the Craigslist of its time, which was a, a newspaper called the, the Recycler. Okay. The Recycler. You can recycle an old couch, or you can find it had a personals, musicians wanted section. Got it. So I, I listed myself in the musicians looking for a band section. But I was also trolling around through the Recycler for people that I thought might be interesting. So I called a woman named Lynn, and Vicki Peterson answered the phone. Vicki and Debbie were the roommates of a girl who had been in their band, and they were they had split up that band, but she was their former guitar player, and she okay. was looking. Wow. At the time, I was really interested in working with other women. I'd seen the Go-Go's. I thought, this is really interesting. In college, I'd been in a band with my boyfriend. We broke up. There was complications. I thought, you know what? Might be fun to work with other women. Right. So I called this woman Lynn's ad, and Vicky answered the phone, and she was, and Lynn wasn't home, so Vicky and I chatted for, for ages. We clicked instantly. Okay. Well, I eventually did reach Lynn, and I could tell instantly that there wasn't the same connection. rapport or connection. I waited a certain amount of time, and then I called Vicky back and said, you know what, maybe we should meet. I don't want to, like, do something wrong protocol-wise here since it was Lynn's ad I was calling. But And, yeah, and that's how, that's how it came to be. Wow. Okay. Cool story. And then when you guys played together, like, for the first time, did you know you had something special, or was it kind of a lot of work to kind of find the sound and all of that? It was weirdly instant also. Okay, it okay. was very strange. I mean, we became a band the first night we played together. Okay. Vicki and Debbie came over to my house. I was living in the converted garage in L.A., and I had a whole setup in there for my music. And they came over, we played, we went in the kitchen to have a cup of coffee afterwards, and we're like, let's do this thing. We, okay. we, it was that fast. Uh-huh. It was love at first jam, yeah. I would say. I love that. You're getting the story from Bangle, Susanna Hoffs, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. What about being an all-girl band? You know, when you were up, you know, on the bill with all-guy bands, did you get much pushback? Like, are you playing your instruments? Or are you for real? You know, any, anything like that? Well, I would say that it seemed to be discussed a lot in interviews and stuff, like, or mentioned uh-huh. Oh, they're girls, you know. They they play pretty well for girls, uh-huh. that kind of thing, which is kind of not what we were hoping for, but right. uh, but they were still saying they play pretty good for girls, you know. <laughs> so they, they didn't need the for girls part, but we right. were, I think that we always got surprisingly 
people were kind of taken aback, and that confusing to me, and it was confusing to all of us because right. we listened to Joni Mitchell and Bonnie Raitt. I mean, mm-hmm. we we love female artists who also were kick-ass instrumentalists and songwriters. I mean, where this idea that you can't be good on an instrument and be a woman, it's it really is Archaic. absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. Yes. So yes, we were sort of turned into some sort of novelty act. Uh-huh by some of the journalism that was written. I don't know why that is. It still confounds me, yeah. to be quite mm-hmm. honest. But I think that we just kind of bulldozed through it, you yeah. know, for right. lack of a, a, a more delicate way of putting it. We just didn't <laughs> care, you know. Yeah. We, we just, if anything, we took it as fuel to keep doing what we wanted to do. And we did kind of come out of the punk movement, even though you don't think about the Bangles as a punk band. The spirit of that lived inside of yeah. us, you know. Yes. I mean, we we weren't going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. What about the time with Prince? Talk about working with him. Do you have any great Prince stories? Well, I mean, the Prince thing was really interesting. Right around the time that the Purple Rain record started to just explode on radio, that's when I actually found out about Prince. I was unaware because I was so into 60s music and such a record collector of these. By now, we're in the 80s, right? And I'm, mm-hmm. like, obsessed with the 60s. Okay. Yep. So I didn't know his early work. Right around the time that I was listening to the radio and when Dove's Cry was on, I was becoming aware of, of this amazing artist, Prince. Mm-hmm. He became aware of us because it was early days of MTV. We had just put out our first Columbia record. Hero Takes a Fall was the first single and first video. And it was getting quite a bit of airplay on MTV, and he became interested in the Bangles and came to see us perform okay. at the Palace, I think. It was a sort of a large club slash small theater somewhere in there. It was a really cool venue, and he jumped up on stage. He loved that song, and he loved the video, and he started jamming with us. And wow. Shortly after, we, yeah, we were working on our second record, Different Light, and we were actually working with one of his engineers. There was a husband and wife team, Peggy and David Leonard. Okay. And they had gone and done tons of engineering for him, lived at uh, his studios, and I think it was even before he called it Paisley Park, okay. in wherever he would record in, in Minneapolis in the early 80s. They were working with him, and I just got a call saying that he had a song, and would I come by and for the Bengals? Okay. A couple of songs, actually, it turned out. And I, I drove over, and he wanted to, you know, th- these were the old days, pre-cell phones. These were like, when <laughs> someone gives you a song, it's on a cassette, yeah. you know, dinosaur medium. But anyway, drove over. He was recording at the time, but he had left the tape for me, got the <laughs> tape, brought it to the studio. We were at the sister studio, weirdly. He was at Sunset Sound. We were at Sunset Sound Factory, the little smaller version of Sunset Sound in Hollywood. And on this were two songs. One was, I want to say it was Jealous girl and the other one and I have to find that cassette I have it in a box Uh. for sure but the other one was Manic Monday and we listened to it we were immediately drawn to Manic Monday we thought we could do something with this Mm -hmm. and um, then he sent over the tapes but we ended up he had recorded a multi-track recording of Manic Monday and I guess he was thinking initially that we would just put our vocals on his track but we didn't realize that so we just you know, doing what we do. We just Your started from the ground sure. up yeah. and re- reinvented it and, and, and recorded it. And then we were nervous to, 
you know, when it was all said and done, we thought it came out really well, but what was his response? And he loved it. Okay. And so gave works. us the thumbs up. So it was really kind of amazing. And yeah, then he me. would show up at our gig. Yeah. So. Now you know the story behind how the Bengals got the song Manic Monday. We'll be right back, wrapping up the segment with Susanna Hoffs right after this. Keep it here. It's the Mulberry Lane Show. Six o'clock already. 